Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will nurture your soul and help you live your best life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson, here on 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov. Here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show, we have wealthy conversations that nurture the soul and I am so incredibly grateful for the 300 plus episodes that have already aired, which means I've had that many insightful, informative, illuminating, and inspiring conversations with some phenomenal people. And I am so excited again. Yes, I get excited every time to bring my guest today to share her with you. She is a native Washingtonian. And she was named, this is so funny, after the Chevrolet Chevelle car. Some of you are too young to remember that. She's a board-certified OBGYN, a COVID-19 frontline worker, a Navy veteran, a pastor, a marriage strategist, educator, and published author. She's a dynamic, dynamic speaker. And she's been featured on TBN, Streaming Faith, had her own radio show previously, Straight Talk with Dr. Chevelta, and featured on Gospel Impact Radio in the past. She stands as a woman who is completely healed from her past. She is married to an amazing man, and they just recently celebrated, I believe, 30 years, three decades of marriage. They have a beautiful, beautiful family. My sister, once dreamed of becoming a psychiatrist and would go on to obtain her bachelor's in psychology and a certificate in counseling from Carlo University in Pittsburgh. Um, and after went to Michigan State Osteopathic Medical School and did her first hospital rotation in obstetrics and gynecology. And she was sold. She's a phenomenal woman, as you will begin to hear that very shortly. And I am so super excited to introduce her to you, my sister, my friend, my miracle. She's a miracle and an example for all of us. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show, Dr. Shavelta Smith. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, Dr. Vicki. Thank you for having me this morning. I am excited to be here as well. You are Phenomenal. Let me start there. You're a woman, a physician, a wife, and also a cancer miracle with a whole lot of narrative in between, a whole lot of miracles in between, a whole lot of stories in between. How does it feel for you when you hear your bio or snippets of your life? reflected back to you? What is your experience when you think of just all the things that you have accomplished already? I think it feels very sobering. That's the first thing. (laughs) Very sobering where you want to pinch yourself and kind of say, wow, you know, who is that person they're talking about? Is that me? And then after that feeling, then comes an amazing sense of gratitude 
because Uh I realized that it's not by myself that I got here. You know, there's community that gets you here and loved ones and friends, and then ultimately God gets you here. So that's usually how I feel lately when I'm beginning to hear people uh, describe me. (laughs) It's very sobering. You know, I get that because I too have done a lot. Like you have really done a lot, Shabelta. I mean, and we'll get into that in a moment, but you know, I like to slow down here a bit at the top of our conversation and, and just amplify who you are, highlight you, honor you, celebrate you for all of the sacrifices that you've made, for the investment that you've made, for the peers and the money you've spent to become this person. You are so gifted and multi-passioned, right? And super brilliant, super brilliant to (laughs) have accomplished all that you have that, you know, I'm just grateful. And on behalf of everyone listening, just want to say thank you for your yes and for your commitment to share your journey. You're so inspiring, you know, all on social media. You're so transparent. And just you sharing your vulnerability at those times and spaces in your life is a blessing. So thank you for being who you are. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to serve. Um, That's the way I look at it. Everything I do is really just serving other people and a part of what I believe I was put here to do. So I'm just grateful to have that opportunity to serve other people in whatever way or capacity that, you know, God has me to do it. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Clearly you are a vessel available to the wisdom of God that consistently pour, whether you're speaking to women, you know, as an OBGYN uh, around issues that can be taboo, that can be stigmatized, that can be uncomfortable. That's what I love about you. It's your transparency and the rawness with which, you know, you present truth straight with no chaser, a little humor to make it easier and more palatable for women. But you're such a dynamic example of what it is to really embody purpose and who you are. And when you take away your accomplishments, your degrees, your education, who is Shabelta at her core? What are your core values? Oh my gosh, my core values are... Honesty is a big one. That is huge for me. Loyalty is another one. I I just believe in being able to be loyal to people, um, loyal to yourself even. You know, I had to learn that early in life. I'm very detail-oriented <laughs> to a fault, I think, at times, and uh, faith-based. I think those are probably four of my main value and excellency. That is that is my fifth one, excellency. I just believe you don't have to be perfect, but I do believe that we should approach everything with, um, with excellency. And so that's probably who I am at the core uh, of myself. And then, you know, the rest is just now living life and, and having fun, you know, and trying to live it, being true to who I am and being true to those values. Yeah, and I'll just take a point of personal privilege and add one more, and that's family. You are super, super, super family-oriented, and that's inspiring. You know, whether it's 30 years of marriage, to your relationship with your children, your parents, your, your siblings. You know, 
I look at things that may be in the background as wallpaper to a lot of people, but just your example of relationship. Um, and that comes through on what you said as well. Loyalty um, is a really, really beautiful thing. Who inspires you? Where do you glean your inspiration as you inspire others? Oh, my goodness. Who inspires me? I think when I look at people and I and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you, but, you know, we've known each other for many years, but I'm inspired by people like you, women like you, uh, women like uh, Oprah, you know, who I, I see they have a vision and you just go for it. And then you not only go for it, but then you just, um, you stick with it until it manifests what it is that you always believe that it was going to do. And so those are, you know, as I see individuals like that, a Michelle Obama, you know, someone who could kind of get to that place and represent, I mean, to me, I mean, I don't know her personally, but it just appeared that she was true to herself, you know, she seemed to just embody uh, who she was. She didn't care who thought what, but she maintained herself in such a beautiful way. And so those are the, the people I think that have inspired me, you know, to, to do things. I'm not really enamored too much with, you know, a lot of people that are in the flashy lights, like celebrities and rich people. You know, you always hear people, you know, oh, I want to be this movie star and that. And that kind of wasn't the people that I was often striving to be like. It was those uh-huh. that I was close to because I think there's a value in being closer to people or having some type of um, connection to someone that maybe you may not be as close to, but you see a lot of things in them that you say, okay, yeah, I want that. So those are things I think that the people that kind of inspired me. So cool. So cool. I want to talk about your role as a mom. You know, I love watching you with your girls. How did you cultivate such a relationship? And that's the only way I can describe it because it's different. It's relative to those. But I want you to inspire moms of girls in this moment. How, how did you cultivate such an amazing relationship with your daughters? Oh, wow. I cultivated that relationship with um, my daughters by one, making a lot of mistakes, (laughs) and two, being honest and transparent with my children about making those mistakes. I think sometimes as parents, we have a mindset of, I'm superior, you're inferior, you listen to me, you know, I kind of tell you what to do, you're a child, stay in a child's place, and we don't give them room to exercise their voice. And I'm a firm believer that your voice matters. And I believe that that has to start with kids at a young age. So that's what I did with my kids. I really allowed them to begin to make choices at a young age. I remember um, my daughter, Brooke, she never liked wearing the same color socks. If she had an outfit that was blue and green, she wanted one blue sock and one green sock. And so (laughs) that was her. She was, we used, you know, at one point in the morning, you would be fussing because it's like we grew up, everything had to match. Yeah. And so I had to realize that 
She is a human being. I have to let her to develop who she is and her personality in ways that are not harmful. Wearing a green sock and a blue sock, that's not harmful. So why are we fighting that? That's her individuality. Let that come out. And so as we progress through them getting older, that developed into transparent conversations. You know, me really allowing them to share with me with no judgment. We have something called uh-huh. the safe safe zone in our family. And so if you asked to be in the safe zone, that meant you could share with me what it is that you wanted to say. And I had to reserve to listen without judgment, without anger, without retaliation. And then we are to have a discussion about it where we're sharing with each other again, without that tension. And so that's what we developed in our family and it's worked for us. So my children feel very easy to come to us because we're able to listen, hear, and give feedback in a way that helps them to make decisions responsibly versus out of fear. Love it. Love it. I got to talk about your role as a wife. Um, And y'all, she's so much more than these things, but she has just this incredible wisdom experientially. And that's why I'm asking her this question. And you, you can go to her website and social media at the end to just see all of the other amazing things that she's doing. Uh, 30 years of marriage, Chavelta. Give, give, us a, give us just one word of advice to those couples who are listening. It can be a husband or a wife or a couple listening together. 30 years, how? And you're happy, like for real. Y'all just pretend like you like each other. Um, You know, some couples love each other, but don't like each other, don't want to be around each other. But you and your husband actually like each other. You have fun together and you're such a wonderful example that marriage works. Give us a piece of marriage wisdom, not advice, just some wisdom. Share some wisdom there. Wisdom. I'm going to say, I'm going to give two words and I would say safe zone. Um, And and again, that's what I was talking about with the kids. I think you have to have that in a relationship. It's actually funny because Greg and I have a book that's going to be coming out um, in the next month or two called Safe Zone. Love it. I think in marriage, what happens is that we, if you do not take the opportunity to have transparent conversation about what you feel, whether it's good, whether it's bad, but really in these senses, it's the things that you're not happy with. You have to be able to approach one another when you're not happy about something, when you misunderstood something, when he said something that upset you. And now, you know, instead of talking to him, you holding it in, you acting like you okay, I'm letting it roll off. And then it manifests in in other ways that now allow it to come out with anger, with tension, with indifference. And all of that affects intimacy. It affects your ability to produce anything great together. It affects your ability to move forward. So that safe zone allows individuals the opportunity to come together and talk about those things that are hard. And you have to be able to understand that when you're in that place for us, when we were in the safe zone, that meant that it was all about me listening to what you're saying, because the ultimate desire was that I could gain understanding about what you're feeling, why you behaved a certain way. And then we can be able to share and figure out, okay, how do we get over that? And that has been the thing that has helped us throughout it. Because there have been some times I was just like, I I am done with this. I'm done with this. I'm not going to do it. But we forced ourselves. Okay, wait a minute. Before you say you're done, 
You need to discuss what is it that you're feeling inside. I'm not discussing anything. We got a safe zone. We got to walk into it. And then we, and then you had to make the decision. Okay, I'm gonna get into it. And once you got to the safe zone, that was it. Because the rule was you have to honestly, transparently express without anger, blaming, you know, being demeaning or anything like that. It was just simply expression. And then we move from there. So that's what I would say. You have to talk with each other, not at each other. And you've got to be able to remove sometimes those very emotions that keep us from really getting to the deeper aspect of what's going on in each other's heart. I love it. When did you have time to be in a Navy? Like you're oh. 30 years old. <laughs> Like a Navy veteran. Oh, my goodness. So uh, for medical school, they had a uh, program. It was called HPSP. It was a health profession scholarship program because the, the Navy often brings in medical providers. And so they would pay for your um, medical school, and then you would give them however many years they paid back medical school, then you would give that back to them as a physician. So that was how I got into the military and I just happened to be in during 9-11. So. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. yeah, that is, I'm telling you, you need a memoir. I know you're a published <laughs> author of, of several books and eBooks. And again, you all will get her information at the end, but I'm just like a true Renaissance woman. That's who you are. <laughs> Listen, share a moment with us that after it happened, you knew your life would never be the same again. Ooh, that is very recent, Dr. Vicki. November the 8th, 2021, at 9.23 a.m., I got the phone call that said, I have results for you. I said, are they good results? And the response back was, well, I have news. And it was at that moment that I heard the doctor say, you have a path report that has come back demonstrating invasive ductal carcinoma. Mm -hmm. I knew at that moment when I had that breast cancer diagnosis that my life was never going to be the same. I didn't know how, but I knew then that it wasn't. And it has not been the same, but it has been very different than what I expected. But that was the moment that I knew this is this walk I'm about to walk right now. <laughs> this is a life changer. And uh, it was definitely a life changer, but it's one that if I had an opportunity to do it over again, and they said, what things would you scratch out in your life that you wish never happened? That would not be one that I would scratch out. I'm actually very grateful that I had the experience of walking the breast cancer journey. I learned a lot uh, through that. What did you learn? I learned that vulnerability is important. Mm -hmm. um, I was not a very vulnerable person. I was a very transparent person and honest person. So I would share anything about myself, but I did not often share the deeper things where I had to share emotions of vulnerability. You know, um, I just didn't do that. I never cried. My kids could count on one hand how many times they saw me cry in my life. I had to learn how to be vulnerable. I had to learn how to let people in and that it's okay for people to help me. I don't have to be superwoman all the time. And um, that was what I always did. I love taking care of other people. So I learned vulnerability. Um, 
And I cry now like I don't know what. I can't even help it. I don't even want to cry. <laughs> I don't even want to. They just start coming out. So that's that was one of the main things that I got, girl. Vulnerability. Now, if you say something, I'm liable to start tearing up and crying. And I'm just like, okay, let it just happen. <laughs> I want to immerse there. I want to go a little deeper with that, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't access my emotions easily either. And I know many women who do not because they're such high achieving, high visibility women and yeah. they are the strong friend, right? You know, it's like check on your strong friend. It's like that. Yes. How did you get to that place? What did, what was, can you describe the process a bit of peeling back the layers to get to that vulnerability button, if you will? I'm just going to describe it that way. What was the process of that? Oh, you know, the, the the breast cancer journey, once I knew I had begun it, I remember telling my family on this journey, I want to embrace everything that I'm going to experience. And that was one of the things that I actually prayed for. Help me to be able to embrace everything that I'm going to be able to embrace uh, very honestly and, and authentically. And so what began to happen is normally if I'm in pain, I don't share with people I'm in pain. You know, I'll I'll disappear. You be looking for me, I'll be up in the bed laying down. You know, I'm just like, let me recover and then come back. But I had to start expressing when I was feeling pain. I had to get to a place where I needed someone, my husband, to help me get up off of the toilet. That's that's how much bone pain I would have where I could barely walk. So so it was almost like I didn't get a chance to just sort of evolve in it. It was just like, listen, you going to call somebody to help you get up off this toilet or you going to sit here for a while. Which one are you going to do? You know? <laughs> so asking for help. Asking for help is how you begin to peel back the layers. Acknowledging yes. that you need help. Acknowledging that I can't do this alone. And, and I, I just want to thank you for that transparency there because so many people don't ask for help, whether it's due to prior rejection or being turned away when they've asked before. So asking for help, y'all, is the key to embracing your vulnerability. So how are you doing now? Where are you in your journey? I am on the other side. During during my journey, uh, I have a group that... um, called Boots on the Ground Pink Battalion. And we used to say, hashtag coming through. That had become uh, one of my mantras. Now I can say I hashtag came through. Um, I'm still supposed to be on chemotherapy, according to the doctor. I'm not supposed to have had my uh, breast cancer surgery until next month in July. But um, after eight weeks of chemotherapy, it was supposed to be 24 weeks after eight weeks of chemotherapy, I told the doctor I knew God had healed me. They were having issues with the chemotherapy, um, suppressing my blood count. And uh, so I told them I wanted to go to surgery. I said, God told me it's done and I know that it's done. And so, you know, they were not feeling that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm happy to say on March 28th, uh, against what they really recommended that I do. They wanted more chemo. I said, no, I'm going to go to surgery. And everything that I told them God had done, he did. I, they could not find the tumor. My lymph nodes were clear uh, and negative. My margins were clear. There's no residual disease. I've had my surgery and my port was taken out on May 11th. And I am considered as we sit here 
no evidence of disease. I am a breast cancer. I say survivor um, in the sense that I am here. They use survivor after five years. So I honestly, I term myself as a breast cancer miracle. And so that's where I am today. Breast cancer I miracle. I love it. I love it. And your your Facebook group, Boots on the Ground Pink Battalion. Talk about that quickly for those, those who are listening who may be looking for a community or a tribe where they can connect. Um, is that just a group of women who are also on a breast cancer journey or they're there to support you or a combination of both? What's that group? It's become a combination of both. It initially started as a way for me to document my journey because I felt that God wanted me to document my journey. Um, And that's why it was Pink Battalion because it was a breast cancer journey. It has evolved now into women that are in the group uh, that have colon cancer, brain cancer, uterine cancer. But the most important thing for me is it's a faith-based group. There's not a lot of faith-based breast cancer or cancer groups where you can be able to come on and ask for prayer and you can see people posting their testimonies and other miracles that are being posted there. So that's what it has become. And then it extended further where people who were going through divorces uh, and other and who had losses of a loved one, a husband, you know, that started coming on and saying, hey, this inspiration here, the messages that you're speaking, this is helping us because our journey, we feel, is paralleling with yours, even though it's not a cancer journey. And so it has really just kind of evolved into a faith based place with the emphasis and focus on breast cancer, but it is expanded to anybody who really feels that they just need some inspiration and community for challenges that they're walking through in their lives. I love it. And that's on Facebook, you all. Boots on the ground, pink battalion is the group on Facebook. As we're winding down here, Dr. Shabelta Smith, I love you. I celebrate I love you. you. I loved following your journey when you were sharing um, your breast cancer journey, especially the dancing. Uh, talk about the power of dancing real quick and, and music in your healing process. Oh, oh my goodness. Listen, you know, <laughs> you probably grew up the same way. When I was growing up as a believer, you know, you were supposed to be dancing and listening, you know, certain music. You were wiggling a certain way. The first thing they'd be like, you're not saved. You're not a Christian. <laughs> And um, so I didn't grow up with a lot of uh, rhythm and dance moves. When I started dancing, my my daughter, who is a social media um, uh, little sensation in her own right, she got me to start kind of doing some little dances and things like that. But the ability to move, I cannot... I cannot really do a good job of expressing fully what that means how important that is. It was just the ability to move and just allow music, which is therapeutic in itself, you know, to, um, it was, it was a release, you know, people need to be able to release stress in some kind of way, whether it's emotional, physical release is important. So Mm -hmm. dancing and music was an outlet that gave me release in many ways, in many ways. And I just enjoyed it. And I just, girl, I would just let my body do whatever it was going to do. It was going to move this way, <laughs> shake that way. <laughs> it was so fun to watch. It was so fun to watch Dr. Chevelle. To listen, you're a speaker, an author, an advocate, 
a marriage proponent, married for 30 years, a motherhood proponent, how can our listeners connect with you to be part of your community, invite you to speak, purchase your products? You know, how can they find you online? They can connect with me on my website, which is uh, drshavelta.com. They can connect with me on Instagram at meet Dr. Shavelta. And doctor is just Dr. Shavelta. And I'm on Facebook as Shavelta Smith. If they want to be a part of the Boots on the Ground Pink Battalion group, it's just a Facebook search for that Boots on the Ground Pink Battalion. And those are the best ways to connect with me. All of my products are listed on my website. So when you go to the website, you'll be able to see those products there if you're interested in purchasing anything. And, and also you all invite her to speak. You can purchase her books, bring her and her husband, the power couple. We call them the Huxtables in reverse. She's a physician. Her husband's an attorney. But thank you so much. And Shavelta, everyone, is C-H-E-V-E-L-T-A. I invite you to visit my website, that's vickyjohnson.com. I am on most social media platforms at all things. Vicky, subscribe, please, to my YouTube channel, all things Vicky Johnson. And yes, go out and live with purpose, live with passion, live with intention. Move as much as you can move because movement is an integral part of the healing journey. I invite you to live full, everybody, so you can die empty. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul with Dr. Vicki Johnson. Soul Wealth is not just a brand. It's a lifestyle of vision, compassion, authenticity, abundance, and legacy created one conversation, one choice at a time. For more information, visit VickiJohnson.com or click on soulwealth at dcradio.gov.